Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Hey, amidst all the craziness of the high school football season and soccer and volleyball tournaments, uh, we definitely want to look ahead to this winter and the uh, boys' basketball season. We did have a special episode about the girls' basketball season uh, a little earlier in this uh, fall, but uh, we want to look ahead to what's going to be a special season on the hardwood as uh, I had a opportunity to catch up with triple-double prospects analyst Corey Alberson as he discussed some of the top teams in greater Cincinnati. First question I had for him, how different is it going to be without Rayvon Griffith and Tyler McKinley on the court this season? It's going to be a major adjustment, Mike, and you're coming off of a 2022 class that's graduated that had a lot of great players in Cincinnati and Dayton and 2023 and 24, I think, do as well. But when you lose a Rayvon to a national prep program, when you lose a Tyler McKinley to a national prep program, that's obviously going to uh, put a hit on kind of the top of those classes. And uh, and Bearcat fans obviously probably wanted to watch Rayvon coming off a state championship at Taft and then Tyler McKinley having a great year at Wanted Hills uh, last year. But Taft is still going to be loaded. And uh, Wanted Hills had a coaching change, but – I'm sure they're still going to be one of the better teams in the ECC. And, uh, you know, there, there's still plenty of talent around the city. Well, we could go uh, here in, in order of divisions here, but I clearly want to start with Taft in Division um, Three champions a year ago. And uh, tell us a little bit about what Coach Marco Bradley has uh, coming back here for the Senators. Sure, sure. I mean, he, he returns two of his better players and Ian Elmer, who was committed to Miami, Ohio, athletic wing. And then he's got a big guy in Karen Granville, who is only going to be a sophomore this year, but is, is definitely one of the best bigs, uh, you know, probably in the state of Ohio. Uh, added a transfer from Woodward, Kwani Bostic, really good player, really athletic wing. But, uh, you know, loses Rayvon, loses Makai Elmore, who was a great player there last year. But, in terms of how I see the City League shaping up, I mean, Taft is still definitely the team to beat and going to be a threat, um, you know, around the state when it comes tournament time for small school division. Um, tell us, uh, let's just jump to Division One here real quick. Um, you know, for so many years, we talked about Moeller and, and being in the state Final Four and everything, but uh, certainly things seem to be a little bit more open uh, this year. Uh, tell us what you, kind of your impressions around the GCL and the GMC in particular. So the, the GMC might, uh, for the first time in, in, in several years now, maybe be the better league. The, the GCL, you know, Moeller's graduated a lot the last couple of years. They're probably on paper the favorite this year. You know, A.J. McBride is one of the, the best players in the state of Ohio in the junior class. Kingston Land is a big sophomore that's going to, uh, you know, probably put his name in definitely, at least in the GCL, you know, people are going to know it here very soon this winter. They got a couple other players, Donovan Mukes and Nick Williams, but the, the league is pretty even. Um, Elder returns, big Carson Brown, Sam Whitmer from a good team last year. They'll be competitive. I saw St. X play over the summer in a shootout. I don't think they've got anybody that maybe individually stands out off the top, but they've got a really nice team for, for Coach Nosk over there. They're going to be good again. LaSalle had a lot of young kids playing last year. They had four kids playing varsity or freshmen playing the varsity at one point. So I expect LaSalle to be significantly improved. And, you know, they're, they're not going to tolerate losing over there. You know, they're going to find a way to win. So they'll be good. But the GMC, I think, is probably the more interesting one. At the top, you've got maybe Sycamore. You've got Rally Burgess, so, you know, one of the most highly recruited prospects in the state as a junior, uh, really skilled big guy with uh, Bryce Darbyshire and Charlie Hall over there. 
I think outside of Sycamore, you're going to see Lakota West. They got Nate Dudukovic, you know, probably the best player in that league right now. Had a monster, monster junior season last year. Can argue as one of the best shooters in the state of Ohio. Uh, East is still going to be good. Jack Cronog, Trey Perry is a sophomore guard, who I think is going to be really good. They've got a couple other role players. And then Fairfield coming off of a great season last year, did graduate some players, but their 2023 class is really solid, led by Deshaun Krim, who's a who's a very good guard over there. And then I uh, also wanted to mention Princeton. Princeton's got Dorian Williams and Rowley Woods returning, a really good team coach Wyant's putting together over there. And as he kind of continues to build what he's been building over there, I think they'll be competitive. And any of those five teams, you know, could end up being the best team in the league, but Maybe on paper, Sycamore gets the slightest to edge to start the season. I want to talk about uh, the ECC here in a second. Walnut Hills, obviously coaching change with Ricardo Hill going to Indian Hill. We're going to talk about Indian Hill here in a second. But what do you see with the uh, ECC? I, you know, I think Turpin will probably be the, the best team on paper. Brady Hardaway is back. He's a really good guard there. Um, had, had a nice junior season. Watched him play against Walnut Hills where he was very productive, although Walnut Hills won the game I was at at least. Um, Walnut's reloading. Obviously, when you lose Tyler McKinley, when you lose a bunch of seniors, that's going to happen. New coach Stuart Holt uh, replacing Ricardo Hill, who went over to Indian Hill. So outside of that, I, mean, I think Turpin's probably clear favorites in the league. And, you know, I know Loveland's always competitive and there'll be some other competitive teams, but Turpin's probably the, the top in that league for now. Division two, uh, obviously Woodward had an outstanding run last year in the tournament. Um, you can talk about uh, your observations from division two there. Yeah, I think, I mean, division two, Woodward with, with Rue Mills and Kanye Moreland who return um, to Woodward losing Paul McMillan's obviously going to change the face of that program. And that's been the mainstay the last three years. Um, the city league is kind of very open outside of Taft I mean, Taft is definitely the favorite there, but Woodward stands out as a team that I can see making a run and, you know, somebody from the CHL will be good. You know, Marymount, I believe is division three, but they're going to be good in that league. And, you know, when you look at the, the Wyoming's of the world, the Indian Hills, you know, somebody always comes from that pack to, to challenge the, the city league schools as well as maybe the GCL co-ed type of teams. About just uh, individual players, Corey, from uh, you could be from the teams you already mentioned, or, or maybe outside of that bunch. Uh, is there really um, someone emerging? You talk about Rally Rally Burgess over at Sycamore, obviously in twenty twenty four class. Um, you know, we've mentioned Rayvon and, and Tyler McKinley, obviously going on to uh, other programs outside of Ohio. But um, who, in your mind, is really kind of emerging in terms of uh, top players around the city? I think we mentioned most of them. I mean, for the most part, a lot of them play on the the more highly rated teams, if you will. Uh, Withrow has a guard named Alexander Parks um, that's, that's very good, going to score a lot of points this year. Hughes has a guard named Marvin Good, who I, who I think is kind of a sleeper. Um, I'm doing a little research here on the CHL. I have not seen Marymont, but they have a – Six six kid named Tim Stewart who had phenomenal numbers last year, and they look like they're going to be pretty good at least on paper this year. I think those are some of the guys that stand out. I mean, a lot again. You know, we lose Rayvon, you lose McKinley. A lot of guys graduated. I think there's a lot of talent on the Kentucky side of the river, um, and definitely up in Dayton. I think in Cincinnati, it's going to be definitely more of team efforts this year. Uh, but if I had to say the one kid who I think will kind of emerge this year, I'd probably go with Kingston Land at Moeller. Uh, like six seven is really athletic just has a lot of the tools to to be one of the kind of the better players in, in the state probably even in the region um, in the sophomore class 
What about just in Southwest Ohio? We heard so much about Centerville, obviously, the past couple of years for good reason. Um, what do you look, uh, what do you see in the Dayton area in terms of who merges out of there? Oh, it's, it's definitely still Centerville. Definitely still Centerville. Gabe Cups uh, is going to be a senior this year. He's a senior this year. He's committed to Indiana. They picked up a tremendous transfer in Jonathan Powell coming over from Chaminade Julian, um, you know, one of the highest ranked players in the state in the junior class, ranked nationally. So those two are going to really be the one-two punch for Centerville. And I don't say I think they're the favorite in Division One in the state. I'd probably say the Pickerington Central is who won it last year, beat Centerville. But in terms of the region, Centerville, you know, until they're beaten, are, are probably the favorites and definitely the favorite in the Dayton area. O- outside of them, I think it's a little bit like Cincinnati. There's a lot of decent teams, but I don't think anyone's super established in terms of players. Laurent Rice you know, has been a four-year mainstay at Huber Heights Wayne. He's committed to Murray State. Uh, a lot of people know his name at the guard position, but should be should be interesting, you know, to see the Cincinnati and Dayton teams meet as you know, we get all the way into February and March. Honestly, Corey, I, I forgot that Gabe Cups is still at Centerville and is a senior right. this year. It seems like he's been there a very long time. So well, a lot of the, a lot of the other really good players were were seniors last year. So he was kind of the one guy last year who wasn't a senior. So it's uh, you maybe we'll see him shoot the ball a lot more this year. Where last year he was really very content to be kind of the setup guy. Where can everybody follow you, Corey? And uh, how are you going to start this season uh, in terms of uh, watching a few games? Sure. Well, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Albertson, and I'll be starting the season the same way I always do. Uh, November 25th and 26th, so right after Thanksgiving, be at Mason for the Ohio Valley Hoops Classic. Uh, I have a small part in that event, which is run by Benny Carroll, does a tremendous job with that event. Uh, two days at Mason, going to be some really good matchups. And outside of that, um, I actually had some work obligations. I missed a lot of last season in time, so I want to really get out and just see as many games as I can. Is there a marquee game or two there in the Ohio Valley Hoops Classic you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, just I like watching the Ohio versus Ohio games. I mean, there's there's a couple teams coming from Indiana and everything, but I like watching the Ohio versus Ohio. Like last year, he put uh, Cleveland Richmond Heights versus Fairfield, a game Fairfield ended up winning. But those type of matchups I really enjoy, and uh, there's there's definitely several of them, and there's, there's streaming options as well as uh, you know if you can make it over to Mason High School, do it. Well, certainly Corey Albertson is a wealth of information when it comes to the boys' basketball scene around greater Cincinnati. All eyes are going to be on Taft. Remember, they won the Division Three state championship back in March, but now they moved to Division Two, so it's going to be interesting to see what Coach DeMarco Bradley has on the court uh, this season. Obviously, uh, had a, a college signing this week with uh, Taft senior Ian Elmer signing with Miami University, uh, so certainly um, the Red Hawks are going to be in good hands here in the next year with the uh, some, one of the best players here in greater Cincinnati. Well, I want to switch gears now to an event uh, that's going to happen at Winton Woods High School a little bit later this month uh, on Impact Network. Uh, it presents the second annual HBCU Women's and Men's Basketball Game Classic and uh, College Fair, and that's going to happen November 26th there at Winton Woods High School. It's a second annual event for these basketball games, the Battle of the Bulldogs, a couple of college basketball games, and I was able to catch up with event director Dante Payne as uh, he spoke about the significance of not only this event, but having the college fair there at Winton Woods. Yeah, last year was a great success, so uh, we wanted to keep the momentum going, me and my team. Uh, we're doing it again uh, November 26th, that's Saturday, Thanksgiving weekend at uh, Winton Woods High School again. Uh, last year we had two games. This year we have five. Wow. Yeah, so of course it's the Battle of the Bulldogs. We got Fist versus Wilberforce. 
girls. Now we got the men's team coming. Uh, we have uh, Harris Stowe and, and uh, Simons College out of Louisville and uh, Missouri coming. Uh, of course, we got uh, Hawkins uh, playing in it against Wilberforce uh, JV team. And then we also just added another game, a boys game. We added uh, uh, Southwest Ohio Prep against Franklin Prep. You know, just to get that experience. And uh, what I want people to know about this year is uh, I have a total of like 18 to 21 kids playing in it that I don't personally got into college from our recruiting service. So that's why I'm so excited. That's why we expanded it a little more. Also this year, uh, we have over like 45 vendors from all over the country as far as California coming when they heard about the HBCU Classic. And we also added a college fair with it. So we give you that HBCU experience under one roof, Wentworth High School. Doors open at 10, last game is at 7. I want to ask you a little bit about the expansion of the games here in a second, but I know in talking to you last year, Dante, about this, the college fair was such a critical component of this. And can you talk about just uh, what goes on there? And, you know, like I said, it may be just as successful, if not more so than the basketball games themselves. Well, uh, we want to bring to the light, you know, about HBCU uh, awareness. Uh, You know, Coach Prime has really brought it to the forefront, but it's always been there. It's just people didn't have that platform or that vehicle to publicize it. Uh, So that was one thing I took into uh, thought, like, okay, hold on. Yeah, we having the games, we having fun, but you can't get to these schools if you don't know how to get to these schools or know about these schools. So this is where the college fair comes in at. And, and on top of the college fair, we have uh, companies that does like uh, college tours. Like there's a company called No Excuses. Uh, uh, you know, they're doing the, the college tours this year. I think it's like it's in March. So that's another way to get out to these colleges. And they're going to be there also. Well, tell us, um, as I mentioned, the expansion of the games here. How do you how do you went about scheduling uh, the additional games this year? And what, what kind of the feedback reception you received from some of these uh, coaches and schools knowing that you know, you're bringing this big event together. Well, a lot of colleges and, and coaches and uh, administrators were were on board. Easy. It, it didn't take a lot of work because, one, you know, it's, it's still people don't travel as much because of COVID, but they need to get out and they need to recruit. And so I hit a lot of schools in this area within like a four and a half hour radius. Every school is like four and a half hours, except the Franklin team in Carolina. Uh they want to hit this market because there's good basketball up here and there's good students up here, you know, so I'm bringing them up here for opportunity to expand their recruiting, you know, and like I said, by me having my recruiting service, I deal with these coaches all the time. So I'm like, Hey, if I'm going to send school kids y'all away, y'all have to come up here and be visible. Sure. So they understand. Tell us a little bit about your recruiting service on Impact for those who aren't familiar with what you do. So on Impact recruiting service started about 2019 when COVID hit. You know, coaches really couldn't come out and see the kids. And I, I kind of built it around my two daughters mm-hmm. uh, and my son, who's a little younger. But uh, we helped get a lot of kids, mainly, you know, minority ones that really can't afford it, ones that can't travel, ones that they just don't know, them or their parents don't know. So I provide a service. You know, to the schools, uh, I teamed up a lot with like Josh at uh, CPS and, and he, you know, he helps me out a lot. You know, I stream a lot of the games, you know, for CPS so I can see kids and get them on my recruiting service or college coaches can see them. 
just to, to bridge that gap because I've been through it. You know, I went to Cape High School and I ended up going to Robert Morris and it was a tough process because my parents didn't know what to do. So, you know, as I grew and I learned and I, I started giving back, you know, into the school system and helping my kids out, it just caught on, especially with social media. You know, like I have over like 40,000 followers and, and people around the world are asking me, how can I join a recruiting service? What does it take? So I'm really just giving a lot of knowledge to a lot of people that just don't know. And why is Wenton Woods such a good host for this event? Well, Wenton Woods came about because one, it's a new school and both my daughters graduated from Wenton Woods. And uh, at the time when we were trying to have it last year, CPS wasn't open 100 percent for us, like renting out the facilities. And it just made sense because, uh, like I said, both my daughters graduated from Winton Woods and I'm familiar with, you know, with Mr. Smith and, and the, you know, the coaches and the teachers out there. And it's something they want to do, too, you know, because, you know, HBCU. Great. And t- take us through kind of the weekend schedule, if you will, and then how people can get tickets as well. All right. So basically, last year, I didn't have a lot of events built around it, but a lot of people was complaining, like, well, Dante, we don't want to just come in town for one day. I said, okay. So Wednesday, we have Slam Poetry at uh, Park Place. Thursday, we have a meet and greet uh, alumni bowling at uh, Northwest Tavers in Fairfield. I kind of kept everything in that area. That's where the hotels are at. Uh, Friday, we have a comedy show. Uh, Saturday is the big event. And then uh, Saturday night, we have two after parties because I'm bringing DJ Unk from Atlanta up here to perform with one of the groups, one of the dance teams, you know, because he has a good uh, college party song still. Uh, and then Sunday, we have a, a meet and greet uh, day party with uh, Yo-Yo. And uh, like, if you want tickets, uh, you can go to my Eventbrite page. It's on Impact Recruiting Services, or you can call me personally. Dante Payne at 513-602-7289. Great. Give that number one more time, Dante. All right. The number is 513-602-7289. Great. We're going to have fun. This one is going to be one to remember right here. Awesome. Anything else you want to mention that I didn't ask you about? Uh, No, really just come out and have fun and just enjoy the HBCU experience. Like I said, it's five college games under one roof at Wentworth Woods High School. We got the vendor fair and we got the college fair, which which is probably the most important part of everything. Great, Dante, really appreciate you joining me and best of luck to uh, you and everybody there at Wentworth Woods uh, for this great event in November. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Well, certainly a lot of basketball on the horizon there from uh, high school to the college game. Uh, there can be some fun games to watch uh, when it comes to greater Cincinnati, the boys and girls basketball seasons getting ready to start up here in Ohio. And uh, I tell you what, each and every year we have uh, so many talented players and this year is certainly going to be a uh, replication of that talent on the court. Thanks again for uh, watching and listening. If you missed my regular WCPO High School Insider podcast, be sure to check it out here as I preview the football regional semifinals week 13 of the high school football season. But I will again, thanks again for listening and watching. I'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 oh,